Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Shades are off. Eyes are red. Had a monstrous night last night giving away bikes. Shout out my friends at the police force, particularly Chief of Police Brian Shear and of the city of Ligonier, Indiana. The fire department was out there. The kids were out there. We gave away 20 bikes. Two kids last night, couple hour drive. So last night, if you were, I don't know, unexpectedly, because we went out for fish after, so it was probably 10, 11 o'clock, 11.30. By the time uh, we got about halfway home, got home around midnight. Anyway, long story short, if you got a text from me uh, and it showed the bikes program, I forgot to send you the link. So the link is just go to Dockage Cycles for the City. And you'll see it'll pop up and you can give some money. We want to give a big giveaway when Christmas comes. But that's not the story, particularly here in Indianapolis. Hey, Jeff Saturday is making a monstrous splash around this hizzy. Jeff Saturday, the preacher, he can sling the caca, baby. He is slinging it. Let's hear from the new interim coach, Jeff Saturday. Here's the deal. Everybody talks about my, I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I had, I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, won Super Bowls, been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. See, I love the back down stuff. I love the meathead football stuff. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, look, uh, I got calls last night from people inside the Colts laughing. Like, okay. Uh, But good for Jeff Saturday. Bro and man and uh, cuz and all the stuff that he says as a 40-some-year-old guy is awesome. And the fawning media of Indy went, oh, do you talk to the team that way? Oh, my God. Hey, look, I'm rooting for Jeff Saturday to succeed. I am. I think Jeff Saturday probably is a good guy. I don't believe for a second that Jeff Saturday's story about, well, I was just hanging out at home. I don't know if you heard this story, but Saturday at his press conference yesterday said, you know, I was just hanging out at home. Phone rang, middle of the Colts game. It was Jim Ursay and he asked me why our protection's so bad, and I said, I'm not even watching the game. Yeah, well, that line is crap. This all started two weeks before. Uh, people can't tell the truth because it would make them look bad. It would make them both, Jimmy Ursay and Jeff Saturday, look like they uh, went around Frank Reich's back. But look, I've been hired many, many times, whether it's at West Virginia, Indiana basketball, Bowling Green, Marshall twice. Hell, I get hired almost every freaking day, and I always had the job. Before it was announced, I go back to the idiots at the Indy Star, a lady named Dana Bembow, got a hold of Chad and Jonathan saying, well, Dockage's show must be canceled. She writes for the Indy Star. So don't, you know, people just don't know in the media, but there is no chance that Saturday didn't have this job 
three or four days ago and wasn't talking about it two weeks ago. However, fast forward, he's done a great job here in Indianapolis of getting all the minions pumped up. Go read a Indianapolis ESPN writer or uh, athletic writer, Indy star writer. Go read their tweets. Jeff Saturday is awesome. Oh, my God, he's so great. That's perfect. That's exactly what the Colts need now. Because what they did was they flipped a negative and made it into a positive. They flipped, geez, we got to listen to Frank again. Geez, we got to watch this offense again. Geez, we got to see. And they flipped it into a positive. I've been an interim head coach. Now, my situation was different at Indiana. I stepped in. I was the last guy on the staff to get there. I got there after all the cheating had been done by Samson and a couple of the assistants. Anyway, long story short, it's one of the reasons that, and I'm a freaking legend in the state of Indiana, they made me the interim head coach. But the difference was I fundamentally had a disagreement with the way Indiana's program was run. What does that mean? Well, Indiana's program in 2008 was full of enabled dope smokers. It was full of guys that didn't have to go to class. It was full of guys that passed drug tests by cheating the drug test. So it was fundamentally opposite of what I was doing, what I thought was right. So there was always going to be this battle, and there was, and it led to me and one of the players, DJ White, uh, going nose to nose. Now, DJ uh, is a really nice kid, and he couldn't fight anybody, and it was kind of funny. But anyway, that's what it culminated into. Saturday, on the other hand, has the support of everybody. He knows, and he because he has professionals that are legitimately good guys, soft-ass football players, guys that really don't care about winning. It's a fat cat operation where everybody's been paid. But Saturday coming in with that enthusiasm might just be what the Colts want. And don't be surprised, as I was talking last night, to a Colts guy, an insider, a real insider, not a media insider. Hey, look, there's two bad teams sandwiched around one really good team. So this is an opportunity. Now, Saturday goes out, they lay an egg, but it can't be any worse than what they did against New England. This is perfect. I mean perfect for Jeff Saturday to succeed. It is set up for success. Because the last time we saw the Colts, they scored three points against New England. The game before that, they gave up a 90-yard drive to lose a game against Taylor Heineke. Going back to Christmas of last year, the Colts are 3-7-1. and and one. It ain't like they're 8-3-1, 3-7-1. Perfect setup for Jeff Saturday to come in with all the rah-rah. It's perfect. Now, I don't care whether you've been around five Hall of Famers. doesn't matter to me. You know, they made, Peyton made all these guys Hall of Famers. You can say whatever you want, but the truth in Indy is these guys weren't very good. They weren't. Marvin Harris, terrific. Reggie Wayne, terrific. The rest, eh. Peyton made them great. I mean, make no mistake. Peyton Manning put guys in the Hall of Fame. They went 14 years, they went to two Super Bowls. Denver Broncos, four years with Peyton Manning, two Super Bowls. 14 years with the Colts, one Super Bowl win. Four years with the Broncos, one Super Bowl win. I mean, let's be honest. 
So Manning made everybody great. So if he's talking about seeing greatness, just go look at Manning. But I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's an interesting time. I know coaches across the NFL and on the Colts staff are pissed off. They are. I'm sorry. They are. Why? Well, because uh, they got passed over. And because to many coaches, this is a slap in the face to the sacrifice. You know what I say to those coaches? Tough. Be better. You're lucky to even have a job with the Colts. Any guy on the Colts staff that's complaining about Jeff Saturday, shut up. Shut up. Just shut up. Seriously. You're lucky to have a job. You're lucky to still be there. You guys have been putrid, particularly any of you on the offensive staff. So moving forward, you got a really good offense uh, in Oakland or Las Vegas. Derek Carr's 10th in QBR. We'll see whether Waller comes back. Uh, Josh, uh, Josh, what's his face? Jacob's really good. You know what? Renfro, Renfro, terrific. And you can make the case that Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the league. Colts have a really good defense. Okay, there's your matchup. Colts have a horrendous offense. Other than Crosby, possibly Chandler Jones, who hasn't played well, the Raiders have a terrible defense. Terrible offense against terrible defense. Good offense against good defense. It's going to be very, very interesting, as Sergeant Schultz used to say, or Colonel Clink. I never get that straight. But anyway, good for Saturday. Keep doing your thing. And... Just win, baby. Just win, because all that stuff goes away if you go out to L.A. or Las Vegas and you lose. Look, if you lose 35-28, people are going to be enthused, but you still lost. Just win, baby. That's it. Just win, baby. All right, a couple of other things as we get rolling today. This is awesome. Now, this speaks to me. This is how I grew up right here. You ready? This is how things got done in Northwest Indiana. A man in Pennsylvania named Tony DeLuca, 39 years in Congress. He's a rep, all right? He's state rep, not Congress, you know what I mean. State legislature. DeLuca, he got reelected by a large margin. Only problem is DeLuca's dead, died last month at age 85. They literally, in Pennsylvania, elected a dead man. They literally, in Pennsylvania, elected a walking dead man in that Fetterman guy. Think about Pennsylvania for a second. I've been to uh, Allegheny. My stepson played football at Allegheny College. I got to tell you, it's the walking dead. It is unbelievable. We used to drive through that town and go, oh, my God. I could see if you've been to Allegheny, if you've been to Allegheny College, I could see the people of Allegheny voting for Fetterman, and I could see the people of Allegheny voting for a dead man. I can't. Now, Pittsburgh may be a little classy. Maybe they keep it classy, Erie. I don't know. I'm just telling you. My experience at Allegheny, they'd vote for a dead man. Hell yeah. And let me ask you a question. Quinita Livingston, you got crushed. Quinita, baby, I know you're a third party, libertarian or whatever your third party is, tree hugger, I don't know, whatever the hell the party was. You got whooped by a dead man. I used to tell my team, like, let's say that uh, one of my favorite players, Brandon Pardon, one of my favorite dudes, still is, great, great, I was going to say kid, hell, he's got a family and a son in high school, but if Brandon, like, let's say he had no rebounds, I'd put up Brandon's name. And I'd put like Elvis Presley. And I'd say, Brandon, 
you got as many rebounds as a dead man. And players go, oh, coach, you know, blah. No, that's the truth. This woman got beat by a dead man. I'm so bad as a candidate, I couldn't beat a dead man. That's how Dr. Oz has got to feel. Dr. Oz has got to be like, hey, I'm sorry. I couldn't beat a dead man. Because that dude, Fetterman, whoo, as they say, whoo, man, oh, man. What else we got here? We got a lot to get to today. IU basketball fans, you're not going to believe the story I tell you about Jacques Vaughn, who is now the head coach of the New Jersey or whatever the hell they're called, Brooklyn Nets. Godspeed, Jacques Vaughn, a kid I really, 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 really liked when I recruited him. But first, the great Ryan Leaf. The great Ryan Leaf is speaking, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Leaf is saying, player safety, my backside. Ryan Leaf is saying this. He's saying, I don't believe for a moment that the NFL believes any of the stuff that they are doing. They are a money-printing propaganda machine. You think? He also did a Dan Dockets, which everybody should do a Dan Dockets. That's be incredibly sexy, incredibly handsome, well-spoken, and, of course, uh, well-dressed. But he said, hey, look, the NFL sees which way the wind blows, and that's the way they go. Well, duh. You can add the NBA into that. You can add every media person you know into that. You know, I mean, seriously, you can add everybody that you want into that right now in this world. That's why we love OutKick. That's right. We don't like OutKick. We love it because we don't. We are, however, a money-making machine with very handsome people. Yeah, of course. Beautiful people, handsome people, you name it, we are it. But long story short, we, ladies and gentlemen, here at OutKick, do not go by which way the wind blows. And I applaud, I do, I applaud Ryan Lee for standing up. I'm looking at what he said, and he's like, hey, look, the NFL just goes whichever way the wind blows. It's a PR machine. It is. But you know what? Here's a problem. And it's not a problem. I honestly don't care. Like, I don't get my morals from a politician, nor am I ever going to get them from the NFL. Like, it is a bit sickening the way the NFL handles women, yet, you know, they used to. Maybe they still do. Maybe it's coming. I don't know. Wear pink all the time. It is sickening the way they have handled domestic abuse. But the fact of the matter is we all watch. Tonight, we got a bad game. You know what we're going to do? We're going to watch. Tonight, I've already, last night on the drive home from giving, uh, getting bikes to kids, I already started looking at the game, seeing what I'm going to bet. We're watching a streaming service, and we're watching it in the tens of millions. So, yeah, he ain't wrong. They don't care about player safety. But let me ask you this. How much should they? You know, we completely and totally take personal choice out of the world. Of course they should do everything for player safety. Of course they should. But at what point do players take accountability? At what point do they say, hey, man, uh, I'm good. I'm bad. Whatever. We take everything out in every walk of life and blame it on other people. Look, you hurt. You got a choice to make. We got to protect players from themselves, the media says. Yeah. Okay. 
if you say so, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's no big deal. Uh, tonight, we've got the Texans, excuse me, we've got the Panthers and the Falcons. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I know who Kyle Pitts is because I like Kyle Pitts in college. But I got to ask you a question. Name me three guys, three guys on the Carolina Panthers. See, you can't. Do you know what P.J. Walker's name was before it was P.J.? It was Phillip. Do you know where he played? Temple. Do you know who P.J. Walker is? He's a quarterback for the, Car- uh, the, the Carolina Panthers. Now, look, we got Darnold up there, and rightfully so. But do you know? Do you know who any of these people are? It's amazing. Of the two teams, one is fairly successful. Like, look, these numbers will tell you uh, one thing, and that is if Cordell Patterson plays for Atlanta, they can run the football. And they can play on third down. The numbers on the other side tell you they're in a damn thing, and I don't care whether it's Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, uh, Baker Mayfield, who played in the second half. I don't care who it is at quarterback. 30th in yards, 22nd in rushing, 28th in passing, 18th in sacks allowed, 32nd and third down efficiency. By the way, just want to tell you, there's only 32 teams. 22nd in points. This ought to be a barn burner. Now, the beauty of the NFL is you just don't know. This could be another crap Thursday night game. This could be another Thursday night game where we're like, hey, has anybody scored a touchdown? I'm going to take the Panthers. Now, this isn't an official bet. I'll take the four and a half. I don't know. Look, I want something to watch. That's not an official bet, but gun to head, which is the way I always do things. Gun to head, I'd take the Panthers. I'd take the four and a half. I did. I did. I did. I did think that Atlanta might have been a team of destiny. I did. But now you know what I think Atlanta is? Just a team. You know that that Panero guy, uh, you know, he missed a couple field goals. Uh, Atlanta win. I, I just think they're a team. I used to. I did kind of – because you always look, don't you? Don't you always look for teams of destiny? You're always like, wait a second, they got a lucky win. Uh, okay, they – yeah, yeah, that team is coming. Yeah, uh-huh. I like where that team is. And that's what I thought the Atlanta Falcons are. But I don't know. seems like the Atlanta Falcons, who, by the way, despite being awful, not awful, despite being not very good, are still tied for first with the fighting Tom Brady's. And they are down one, but they don't play the fighting Tom Brady's for a little bit. This is a two-week, three-week rematch from when Eddie Panero, he of Chicago, boinking him off goalposts, missed an extra point, missed a field goal, and Atlanta got the win. I think, I think I'm going to take tonight, just for sh- and geez, the Panthers, and give me the four and a half. A lot of people on the YouTube chat are saying, yeah, I ain't watching it. Yeah, I, I ain't watching it. P.J. Walker from Temple, yeah, that's why you come here. I'm going to tell you uh, interesting stuff. Horrible news. Horrible, horrible, horrible news. And I've been at the forefront. I was at the forefront of this Brittany Griner stuff before anybody. Anybody. I all of a sudden, I don't know why, I don't know what I saw, but I looked up one day, this is going way back, and I'm like, we got to get Brittany Griner out. I mean, not we. I got no chance to get Brittany Griner out, but people got to get Brittany Griner out. Brittany Griner has got to get out. 
And you know what? It hasn't happened yet. And one of the reasons I was so adamant about Brittany Griner had to get out, well, this is before a trial, was they have a 99% conviction rate, which she got convicted. Even if you are uh, decreed to be innocent, the government can still appeal it. And then after X amount of time, Brittany Griner goes from a jail cell that's basically like your county jail, listen to this, to a forced labor camp at an undisclosed location. I want you to think about that for a second. Your daughter, your son, your wife, your husband, your brother, your sister, your business partner, name it, your ex-teammate, whatever, is in Russia during a time of war at a forced labor camp at an undisclosed location. Now, I'm going to go back to something that I've been saying. We here in the United States think we have this big voice. We care about the political leanings and the political speakings of big guys that can push a ball past a line, football, or put a ball through a metal rim, basketball. We actually, in this country, care what those people have to say. We do. Russia, not so much. Fast forward. All of a sudden, all these social justice warriors think they're doing such great work, Steph Curry, LeBron James, even the president and his staff, of being antagonistic to Russia and Vladimir Putin in this Brittany Griner situation. Now, you may say, well, look, you're crazy. Steph Curry saying, LeBron James saying has no impact. Really? Put yourself in the position of the other guy. Of course it does. This is real life. This is real power struggle. There's something called a political prisoner, a political pawn. And I've been saying this the whole freaking time to you idiots that think you have to talk and that your words are so powerful like Steph Curry. They are powerful. And I guarantee you the Kremlin folks are over there going, hey, what is this? Why is these idiots uh, threatening us? Well, the reason they're threatening us is because everybody wants to be the next woke guy. I come from a place of telling you ahead of time what the problem was going to be. And the problem was going to be that Brittany Griner was going to be convicted and Brittany Griner was going to be sent here, wherever here is. And I said it to all the idiots that because they throw a ball through a basket and because they push a ball across a line thinks that their words mean anything to anybody other than a fawning woke media, you're stupid. You're not helping. Shut up. State Department, get off your backside. Biden, shut up. Do the proper political back-channel dealings and get this woman out of there. Now, a lot of you are going to disagree with that. Well, you know, she wouldn't stand for the flag. So what? That's part of being an American. You have that choice. Man, the level of stupid, I should run all things. Like, I should just be, I call myself the commissioner of all things. I don't know how many things I've given you on here that have absolutely, absolutely come true. I got Ron here saying, Brittany looking pretty good. David David said she admitted guilt. She is guilty. Game over. That's crap, and you know that's crap. Yeah, David David. Yeah, Ron Richardson. That's your daughter, huh? That's your daughter. You feel that way. All right. My daughter would never disparage the United States. You don't know that. 
Mm-mm. I'm not buying that crap. I'm not buying that crap at all. All right. So Jacques Vaughn becomes the head coach of the New Jersey Nets. I love that kid. And I call him a kid. Muir High School, Pasadena, California. Went out there to recruit him numerous times for Indiana University basketball. I did. And I loved it. We talked poetry. I actually faked looking up poems because I wanted to be able to talk poetry. I can't talk poems except for one, Rudyard Kipling's If. It's my favorite poem of all time, and really there is no second. It's the way I live my life. Long story short, Jock Fawn, I'm recruiting at Indiana. We are rolling at Indiana. Calbert, Chaney, Greg Graham, we want to keep this thing going. Players in the state are pretty good, but we got a chance at the best point guard in the country. I'm out there all the time. One time, this was, I think, right after the Rodney King stuff, I'm out there and a lowrider bouncer was following me, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to die here in Pasadena, California. So I tried to give him the shake. I went down this street. Son of a biscuit maker, the street was a cul-de-sac. And they made a move like they were going to block me in, and they didn't, and I whipped around. And once you get to the high school, everybody thinks you're either a coach or a cop, so you're good, right? But I love that kid, Jacques Vaughn. I wanted Jacques Vaughn to come to Indiana. So it's getting ready. He's going to come visit IU. And when a kid came to visit IU, we were really good, man. I mean, one thing I can do is I can recruit to Indiana University men's basketball. Ain't nobody knows it or loves it more than me. I digress. So I'm getting ready. Hey, Jacques, we'd like to have you on a visit. How about this day? Hey, coach, I'm going to go see Kansas. I'm going to go see, I think, Cal, man, I don't know. And I'm going to go see Michigan. But you guys are at the top of my list. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it good. How about this date? He gives me a date. I said, okay, coach, call Coach Knight. Hey, coach, uh, Jacques can visit on this date. He's going to visit Kansas, blah, blah, blah. Uh-uh. I go, what do you mean, uh-uh? He goes, cancel. I go, what do you mean, cancel? He says, Coach Knight says to me, is he going to visit Michigan? I said, yeah. I say, he's interested, I think, in their business school or whatever. He goes, well, if he's going to visit Michigan... He can't visit Indiana and Michigan. We're two completely different programs. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know what? They cheat at Michigan. That whole Fab Five thing, if he's interested in that, he cannot be interested in us. We're too different. I said, coach, kid's just taking a visit. We've been recruiting him. He goes, Dan, I'm not going to tell you again. Cancel the visit. I said, coach, you're going to have to tell me again. Never forget. Because we've worked hard on this kid. This kid loves you. This kid is a perfect point guard piece. Dan, I don't care. If he, you ask him then. He did say this. He goes, you ask him. Tell him if he visits Michigan, he can't visit Indiana. It's over. I said, all right. Called Vaughn back. Hey, Jacques. Hey, coach, how you doing? Okay, great. Look, here's the deal. We, love, we want you. You're our number one priority. And we don't want you visiting Michigan because they're a program that's the opposite of us. Coach, I'm going to visit Michigan. I go, are you sure? Because then we got to drop out. Coach, I'm going to visit Michigan. I said, okay. Man, I got a better one on Rafe LaFrance, but I don't have time right here. Love that guy. Look at him. Now, he ha- it hasn't gone well for him as a head coach because he had a bad job. And it stinks that that kid right there, and I'm calling him a kid. I should. He's a grown man, obviously. Has a gray beard. Friend of mine, KC, Kevin Custer, last night when he saw the news, sent me a text. He goes, hey, I remember when you were recruiting Jacques Vaughn. I said, yeah, great dude. Remember the night story? He goes, yeah. He goes, we're old. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, Jacques Vaughn has a great beard. 
Like, I know. Bob Knight stories are the best. I think I'll do one show in the middle of basketball season where I'll tell you about Bob Knight cutting Damon Bailey, Allen Henderson, and Pat Graham, kicking him off the team while he was naked and doing a chamois. I digress. Anyway, uh, Twitter apparently is mad or has gotten to Joe Biden and made Joe Biden mad. Twitter rolls out checks, right? You got to pay eight bucks or something like that. I'm not paying. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I am. I have no idea. Uh, They're rolling out checks. Twitter blue subscribers. You go on your Twitter. I'll show you here. People have asked me, what's Twitter blue? I think I know what it is. See right here? Twitter blue. Yeah, there it is. So we got Twitter blue. I guess if you're Twitter blue, you get a blue check mark. I don't know. It all seems really silly when you think about it, but that's the stuff we worry about in the United States. That's how great our country is. But let's hear. Let's hear from the president. Oh, there you go. Twitter blue subscription. Would you cough up eight bucks for a Twitter blue mark? 82% are saying no. 19% whatever. 18% are saying yes. So President Biden, he's got to look into this because Elon Musk may be a threat. Do we have video of that? Do we have Biden video? This is a threat to U.S. national security and should the U.S. and with the tools you have investigate his joint acquisition of Twitter with foreign governments, which include the Saudis? (laughs) I think that Elon Musk's (laughs) cooperation and or technical relationships with other countries uh, is worthy of being looked at. Whether or not he is doing anything inappropriate, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting that it's worth being looked at. Um, and uh, um, and uh, but that's all I'll say. That's the President of the United States. Inspiring. Inspiring. I'm sorry. I do look like Uncle Fester. We got to do something about this. I got to put a sheet over here because looking at myself for two hours every day. You know, very few people have what's called an experience. The Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix Experience was one of the first albums that I heard when I was a little kid uh, in Pat Burns' basement. Did you know that Joe Kinsey is not Joe Kinsey? Did you know that Joe Kinsey is the Joe Kinsey experience? Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready to bask in an experience. Get ready to let something so great wash over you when we come back. We got to talk about the New York Times being pissed that a hot gymnast is making money off of her hotness. We'll be right back. Hey, football season is in full swing. It's time to cash in on your favorite players with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Here's the deal simply pick two or more players and decide if they score more or less than their projections. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. All first time users that deposit and use promo code Dockage will receive a 100% deposit bonus match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100. Entries on Prize Picks can be made in seconds. They offer fast, safe withdrawals. Download it today. Don't forget to use promo code Dockich for a special welcome bonus.
Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Uh, I just learned that Trisha Yearwood just started following me on Twitter. Uh, Trisha Yearwood, but it's not the real one. True story. Joe Kinsey, you'll like this. By the way, it's the Joe Kinsey Experience, at Joe, K-I-N-S-E-Y-E-X-P. Friend of mine got us right in front of the stage, my wife and I, for Garth Brooks. His wife is Trisha Yearwood, and we are literally right in front of the stage. And I love this Trisha Yearwood song called She's in Love with the Boy. I'm the only male that even knew the song in the entire building. I'm belting it out right in front of her. Like, she's right up here. And I'll never forget, my wife will confirm this, she looked at me like, what's wrong with you? While she's singing the song. What's wrong with you? Like, how do you know this song, you 60-year-old putz? But that's right, you and I are versatile-type people, Joe. Thank you. Dan, first of all, thank you for having me on finally. You know, listen, you have options. You have Chad, you know, you have the 360 guys. You have all these outkick experts, these blue check marks that you could choose to have on your show. But I'm finally here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Fired up for it like you can't imagine. Let's go. New York Times, man, Olivia Dunn is showing too much, showing too little, making $2 million a year, being a college athlete. Give me your thoughts here on the New York Times worrying about such a thing. Dan, yesterday the New York Times comes out with this column, this ridiculous column, Dan, where Olivia Dunn, is, she's shamed for having the, the audacity to go out and make a few dollars on her name, image, and likeness. You know, modeling like... Uh, Active wear, like the active wear that women wear to the airport, you know, where they're trying to be comfortable for a 10 hour flight, Dan. And the New York Times is shaming her over this. These feminist, woke, you know, blue check mark New York Times, uh, you know, they're they're disgusting with how they try to bring down Olivia Dunn over two million dollars. She's a college athlete, Dan. It's completely ridiculous, completely so their problem, and Tara Vandiver, legendary Hall of Fame coach of Stanford, is chiming in here. Tara Vandiver is saying the selling of sex has moved the women's movement back for years. Um, didn't we? My wife is a legend in the world of women's softball, and she came on my show when this NIL started, and she told everybody exactly what was going to happen. I didn't. I thought it was going to be the star quarterback. She said, no, 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 no. The pretty young lady is going to make the money here. Tara's mad. Times is mad. What the hell are they so mad about? I mean, what's the bottom line here? Dan, the bottom line is, is that this is – they think that Olivia Dunn is promoting sex. They Sexiness sells is what they're saying. They're saying heterosexual men are to blame because they're going crazy over Olivia Dunn. Listen, Dan, I went to my wife. I was like, Mrs. Screencaps, why do women post what they post on social media? And her response is very simple, Dan. They're looking for the approval of other women, of other women. They're trying to look sexy for other women to impress them. Now, Olivia Dunn, her her goal is to get women to buy active wear. That's it. 
She's not trying to get guys to buy activewear. She's trying to get women to buy activewear. And then maybe she gets men to buy activewear for their wives or their girlfriends. Dan, this, is, this isn't rocket science here. But the New York Times writer, I don't even know his name, Kurt Streeter or whatever his name is, he seems, he must not, I don't know if he's married or what, but he clearly doesn't get what the internet's about from a female point of view. This is a contract, just to be clear, this is a contract that she has to basically model, influence a company. Not unlike every other athlete that has a contract. I, I, you can't swing a dead cat now without seeing Shaq or Barkley or LeBron in an AT&T ad. So this is really the same thing, correct? Same thing. It's a, it's a contract. She has multiple contracts with multiple brands. Her job is to look like an advertisement, Dan. She's supposed to look like a commercial. And the New York Times is like, oh, she can't be sexy. You got to look like, you know, wear, you know, you got to wear something that isn't sexy. Don't show any skin, Dan. And uh, it's completely stupid. The stupidity is off the charts. Because, Dan, I, look, I went back and looked at the Forbes top earning female athletes. And the top four have all posed for Sports Illustrated swimsuit issues. So it's like, where is the outrage when they do that? I, I don't get that. You know, clearly he does, he's, he's taking it from a white heterosexual angle. A white female is making money on social media by posting photos that every other white girl in America is posting at the same time in college. So I, it's fake outrage. Um. I feel like if Olivia Dunn was, let's say, a plus-size woman, I don't think we and doing the exact same thing. Yep. I don't think we'd be hearing any of this. And I don't know if I'm hey. right about that. I just feel like there are certain groups that catch a break. And with the New York Times, you know, white person, bad. Bad white person, whether it's a male or female doing something they don't like. But I feel like were this to be a plus size woman, I don't think they'd have a. Ch I don't think they'd have a problem with it. Zero chance, Dan. And minorities also, they're not going to go after minorities. They're not going to go after a, a Lizzo. If the, if Lizzo can throw shot put in college, the New York Times wouldn't go after her if she was making two million dollars a year. She'd be celebrated, Dan. Lizzo could be throwing shot puts in this Viore workout gear, and she would be the biggest queen in America. So it's it's completely insane. It, it's it's insanity, Dan. It, 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 ridiculous. I'm fired up. If you does, can't tell, does Tara Vanderveer have a point? My wife, again, um, by all accounts, she still is, in my opinion. I mean, her Twitter page is is her sitting next, standing next to Jennifer Aniston on ESPN, and they're comparing the two. So, but when she was in college, she's like, yeah, I made some hellacious mistakes. There is a little bit, as she told me last night when I was talking about having you on, she goes, yeah. She goes, I can understand how a woman like Tara Vanderveer or uh, Hutchinson, the longtime coach that fought for women's rights to be taken serious, um, she said, I can understand how they might have a little bit of a problem with this. Do you see that side of it all? No, I don't, because I don't think that the I don't think that the athletes are doing anything crazy. Even the Cavender twins in Miami. I mean, literally, they're just posting like posing with phones and workout gear. 
And I don't get what the problem is because, damn, we have these other professional athletes, tennis players and, uh, you know, basketball players or whatever that are making 20, 30 times more than what Olivia Dunn is making. Uh, Naomi Osaka makes like 50 some million dollars a year, Dan. And she's posing in all sorts of different things, including Sports Illustrated. And she takes no, there's there's nothing about how she's setting women back 20, 30 years like uh, Tara Vanderveer is uh, trying to say. So I'm I'm completely not on base with the fact that this is a, it, it, these girls have gone a little too far, these ladies. Uh, it, it's, it, I, I think that the coaches don't like the fact that they're going to make money and then they're harder to control. Dan, you're a former coach. How hard is it to control them when they don't make money? No, no, I get that. But I would also say, I would argue with you this. I would argue that there's a difference in, 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 in Tara Vanderveer's mind between being a professional and promoting as opposed to a college kid when women's sports have gone from basically nothing to being very popular now. I think that's more of her point, comparing it with the past as opposed to comparing it with professional sports and what professionals are allowed to do. You see the distinction? Well, I do, but... Uh, if we look at it, college athlete, college athletics might as well be minor leagues, Dan. I mean, college football is minor league football at this point. So from my standpoint, uh, it's then again, we have we have athletes that are that compete as Olympians that go back to college. Uh, the one at Auburn, I believe, stands out. She's making all sorts of millions of dollars as a gymnast. So they go and compete as Olympians. Then they have to come back and act like they're college students insanity i don't believe in that i think at this point college athletics is minor league sports so that's the way i'm treating it dan i don't disagree with you i, I actually i kind of it's one of the rare times i kind of can see both sides i can see where you know I, i'm kind of with you look i know that uh, a friend of my daughter's montana or my stepdaughter montana fouts who is the nation's i get you know she's the best pitcher in the country in alabama making a million dollars she has a clothing line you know she she does it differently she she doesn't you know she, she does she I, I don't know the right word sexy whatever the right word is she just does it as a clothing line and then you've got others that do it differently and that the point is this is now the free market and you can do however you want to do your brand if you are good enough to get somebody to pay attention to your brand that's the bottom line, Dan. If you want to do it the way you want to do it, then let the market decide whether you went too far or whether you, you know, are right in the lane where you should be in. And Olivia Dunn, I mean, completely targeted in this one. Uh, as a, it's a, it's a keyword. Everybody knows the name. The New York Times knew this going in, and that's why they targeted her. And I, and I would have to say, I believe they probably tricked her into commenting on the post in general. And that's how they got her to, to, to comment. You know, Joe, sometimes, like with the news of Brittany Griner, whatever you feel about Brittany Griner, but there's, there's uh, Olivia Dunn right there. When you, it's amazing the stuff <clears throat> that we worry about in this country. Like, right, it, the New York Post, this is, or the New York Times, this esteemed, you know, uh, bastion of journalism. And this is what we worry about. I, it's the stuff we worry about legitimately at a level 
amazes me, Joe. It amazes me sometimes. Well, I think in this case, the reason they're worrying about it, again, like I went back to, is that it's not the right person making the money, Dan. I think they focus yeah. on the fact that Olivia Dunn represents the middle of America, and she doesn't represent a coast or a political group that they want her to, to identify with. And I think as soon as the leading NIL money earner fits the category that they want it to fit, then they're going to leave that alone. They're not going to say anything about it. They're not going to rip on whoever that is, no matter what that person. Like I said, Lizzo could be in a, a, a workout bikini throwing shot put, and she would be hailed as a genius, a marketing genius for college athletics. Tara Vanderveer probably wouldn't even say anything about it, Dan. I agree. Hey, look, uh, I, I, I totally agree. Joe, I got people asking me, um, you know, you do one of the – you're the OG, really, of OutKick. Um, you and Clay Travis, you do the screen caps. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, – if you're going to line up the hierarchy of OutKick, you're, you're right there. Um, how long – this is for my own edification – how long does it take you to put together the screen – the screen caps. Here's one of Joe's right here. How, how long does this take? Uh, probably uh, ordinarily about three hours, Dan, but I knew I was coming on this, this, this esteemed show and I went fast today. So today's episode, uh, today's edition might not be the greatest. It's always great, but it might not be a, a, a 10, but about three hours, Dan. It's a long process. We have thousands of readers that send in emails, Dan. My email inbox is off the charts. You can you can contact me. You can tell me what's on your mind. I want to hear from all over America. The goal is is to get a great representation. I don't care what political party you're, that you vote for. Just tell me about your life. Tell me about America, Dan. That is what we're after with screen caps. As you can see, Dale Earnhardt back here. He represents the people, Dan. That's who we're after, the heartbeat of America. I got to tell you, all right, so Julie Bowen, the actress from Modern Family, has always yes. been on my, man, do I have a crush list. I mean, like Jennifer Aniston, Julie Bowen, Halle Berry has always been in the top two. Um but Julie Bowen, one of your articles, Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico were secretly married. And then Julie Bowen, out of the blue, like comes in with a knockout punch that she was once in love with a woman that wasn't in love with her. I got two questions. One, I didn't see this coming with Julie Bowen. Did you? And two, how could the woman not be in love with Julie Bowen? Great questions, Dan. Uh, and that's probably what a, most of America wants to know is how did a woman not find Julie Bowen lovable? She's lovable no matter who you are. And uh, yeah, so Julie Bowen, you know, she's been in so many different things. You've known her from Dan, you know, all of the shows. I'm terrible with the shows, but I have no idea how the woman could not have loved Julie Bowen. And she was disappointed, Dan, in that interview she did on a podcast. She was really disappointed that the other woman didn't love her back. And it was really heartbreaking. Modern Family, there you go, you see it. Um, and Dan, she's divorced. So I don't know whether this was a signal. 
you know, that maybe Julie Bowen's testing the waters. I don't know. But uh, Miss Puerto Rico and Miss Argentina got together. Julie Bowen could be on the prowl, Dan. Uh, heads up, ladies. Julie Bowen on the market. What would you think of Mattress Mac and the whole winning $75 million? Uh I love it. I've heard from a lot of readers in Houston, Dan. They they revere him in Houston. They love what he has done for people. I mean, I guess he'll let you come and like sleep in on a on a mattress if you would like in his uh, showroom. You know, he, he does food drives and all that. These people love Mattress Mac, and I love it. I think that Mattress Mac, however he wants to make money, I don't care what he does with his money, Dan. The last thing I want to do is worry about his money. I got to worry about my own money, Dan, and how I make money in my own you know, internet career. Uh, Mattress Mac, by the way, I love the video of Mattress Mac F-bombing with Phillies fans, Dan. He gave it right back to him. He's a Texan. He's a hardworking guy. He's made his money the honest way. He's just worked his ass off. And good for him. I don't even know what he does with the money that he makes. Uh, he must buy mattresses for people that need them. I don't know. I, I don't think the guy, I think he's multi, multi-millionaire, right? If he can bet $75 million. What's the, yeah, what's what's the biggest amount of money you ever bet? Oh, uh, maybe $1,000. Dan, I don't have Clay Travis money. Maybe $1,000. Uh, that might be the most. Uh, listen, Dan, I bought a wedding ring once. And that was a big gamble. And so far, it's paid off, Dan. It's it's a money-back guarantee that has never had to be cashed in. So uh, that was well over 1000 Dan. That was the biggest gamble. Yeah, you know, when you go to marriage, I, I, I think about people, what's the most you ever lost gambling? Now, if I'm going to include marriage into it, oh, man, I got divorced. Go. That could be, whoo. There's All right, what's today? What, what do you got? Five. What do you got coming out, Joe, before I let you go? Uh, Dan, who knows? The you know the OnlyFans models are always up to something. Pop culture never sleeps, and uh, it, who knows? I got some. I, they sent me some story about a snake that is uh, needs to be written about. I don't know. They're eating people in uh, Thailand or something. Who knows? India, they're mad. A in- kid in India, India bit a snake and killed a cobra. India is your you place go. for snakes. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Go follow him, Joe Kinsey, EXP. It's an experience. That's right. It's an experience. All right. I'm all in on this next story. You ready? I have been following North Carolina for football this entire year. If you follow North Carolina football, you're going to remember this opening game against Appalachian State. Both teams were in the 60s. Remember this? Both teams were in the 60s. It was nuts. So I started following this guy, Drake May. You remember his brother, Luke May. His father was a quarterback. Look at these numbers. Is this a Heisman dark horse? Um, look at him. I, I'm just saying. And I know, I understand that people are going to say, well, you know, Ohio State. Who does Ohio State play exactly? Notre Dame to start the season. I mean, you go through the Big Ten season. And you look at Notre Dame, or excuse me, you look at the teams that Ohio State has played, and frankly, and I say this every week, and I'm a Big Ten guy, every single week, the Big Ten has no matchups that are interesting. Iowa-Purdue, 
I mean, it's interesting to Iowa fans. It's interesting to Purdue fans. Illinois and Purdue are actually kind of, sort of, sort of maybe playing for the Big Ten West this weekend. But I got to tell you, does anybody care? Of course nobody cares. Why would anybody care? So when people tell me of the greatness of C.J. Stroud, I hate to say this, but I say it. Who's he played? Now, the reason I bring that up is because I'm looking at North Carolina. Only game North Carolina has lost is against Notre Dame, a team that, oh, by the way, C.J. Stroud beat. May put up 301 yards in that game. But he hadn't played anybody either. Florida A&M, App State, where we they eked it out 63-61. Georgia State, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, at Miami, which sounds good but obviously isn't, at Duke, which is a rivalry. It's going to be close. Pittsburgh, UVA. So this week they've got West Virginia. Listen to this remaining schedule. At Wake Forest, I said West Virginia, I meant Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina State. So as you go through this right now, right this moment, according to the rankings, there's only one ranked team on the entire schedule. That's why I gave you the argument about Ohio State. Because you're going to say to me, well, May hadn't played anybody either. Well, right. And the key word is either. Either. I don't know. The Demon Deacons were supposed to be good. They lost in overtime way back when to Clemson, but since then, they won a few. Then they lost to Louisville, who can't beat me. They got crushed, actually. And they got crushed at North Carolina State. So I don't want to hear the argument who has played who. Nobody's played anybody. Uh, and in those two matchups, Ohio State, Michigan will determine, in my opinion, the candidacy of uh, C.J. Stroud. Alabama's Bryce Young probably still in it. I don't know. Maybe the running back Blake Corum is still in it at Michigan. You know, maybe he is or maybe he isn't. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, when you look at what Drake May has done, it's pretty good. I mean, it's really good. I mean, it's Heisman Trophy good. Now, don't at me about this, people. I know where you're going. You're going, well, Dockage, you don't know anything about the Heisman Trophy because you said Aiden O'Connor of Purdue was going to win the Heisman Trophy. No, I didn't. I never said that. No. No. I said he's a good bet on a plus $10,000, meaning you bet $100, you can win $10,000. I bet 50 on him to win $5,000. And based on the numbers, he was. But I also told you, first game, first game, uh, he was, it was going to be determined. They lost to Penn State. He's done. And he hasn't had a great year on top of it. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Don't count out even for a second. Not even for a second. Don't. Brother of Luke May. He, of the jump shot to put North Carolina in the Final Four a few years ago, Drake May. All right, I got to go back to one thing, because this is too funny. If you're just joining our show, the good people of Pennsylvania elected a dead person. 
Uh, I want to say that again. The good people, and it wasn't John Fetterman. The good people of Pennsylvania actually elected a dead person. Now, I got a bunch of you guys that are on a YouTube chat. I got about 190 people, whatever it is, watching on YouTube. You tell me. You tell me. How bad a candidate are you if you lose to a dead person by double digits? And I'll say the same thing about Dr. Oz. Not only, and it, not only did Pennsylvania, I absolutely love this. This is one of my favorite stories. Not only did they elect a dead person, but they also elected John Fetterman. It is the most unbelievable state in our union. I think they should be celebrated. I think they should be 1,000% celebrated. I think we should go out of our way to celebrate, salute. I got two coffees here today. Uh, we celebrate. I'm going to go get a Penn State. I got Monaco and I got Puerto Rico. I'm international today. But we have got to celebrate the great state of Pennsylvania because the craziest thing they did not do is elect a senator that can't think, had a stroke, has no idea where he is, wears a hoodie and shorts. That wasn't the craziest for a United States senator. That wasn't the craziest. The craziest is a dead man got elected. The beauty of it is when the guy died, they didn't take him off the ballot. I don't know election law, but there should be a law that says, hey, if a candidate dies... He's got to be taken off the ballot. It just makes sense. And now I know you're going to complicate it. I know you're going to say stuff like, well, you're going to know if a Democrat would have won. No, if you die, you should be taken. Dan Dockage is running against Joey Bag of Donuts for the Marion County prosecutor. Dan Dockage died. Take me off the ballot. Simple. I don't know. Maybe my world makes too much sense. Hey, you know I have a crush, right? Y'all know I have a crush on Lamar Jackson. Y'all know I think Lamar Jackson is a bad man, right? You know. I know. We all know. Well, I got to tell you, Lamar Jackson did something that was very cool, and Lamar Jackson uh, is going to make your day when we come back. I promise you, Lamar Jackson is going to make your day. You know who Dan Pastorini is? Dan Pastorini was a legend. I mean a legend, a Houston Oilers legend. Dan Pastorini coming out of Santa Clara was one of my favorite players that I never, I'm not even sure I saw him play because of the rules, but I thought he was cool. He was a punter as well. Dan Pastorini went down as an NFL legend to the border. He went with a couple other guys, Mike Barber and Andy Doris, all that were from Houston, Houston Oilers. And they visited, ladies and gentlemen, they visited the Border Patrol. And they're going to talk about his humanitarian visit. I can't wait to talk to Dan Pastorini about what's really going on at the border. We'll get to that. We'll get to Lamar Jackson. We'll get to the Don't At Me Awards. I mean, what are you going to do? Tell your friends right now. Right now, tell your friends that we're rolling on YouTube. We're rolling here at OutKick. And, of course, we are rolling right here at Don't At Me. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. 
You know, smart people recap at the top of the show. So it is our number two, and I thank you for joining us. We're following whether or not Josh Allen is going to play this weekend, as he has been described as, quote, day-to-day. And I would argue, well, aren't we all? All right, yesterday, let's do a little recap. Yesterday, um, Jeff Saturday talked. Yesterday, Jeff Saturday, the new interim head coach of the Colts, um, spoke to the media, and he did a great job. Let's hear from Jeff Saturday. Here's the deal. Everybody talks about my, I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about, are you as qualified as somebody else, bro? I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I had I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, one Super Bowl's been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. I love the dang sure ain't going to back down. That makes everybody go, yeah. Yeah! Okay, what's he backing down from? What, what's there to back down from? Well, you know, coaching guy. Well, he's hired to coach. What, what, what is the backing down from? He's right. But I got to tell you, it is pretty funny when you hear a guy go and have to defend himself like that. He doth protest too much. Yeah, Peyton had his hands under his backside. Yeah, he's enthusiastic. Yeah, he's energized. Yeah, all those things. And I think that's great. That's exactly what the Colts need. Exactly right now. Frank Reich was like watching paint dry. Chris Ballard, the general manager, has been neutered. There is nothing that he can say, nothing that he can do. So what do you got to do? You do what Jimmy Ursay did. You bring in a guy that has an energy to him. You bring in a guy that has an enthusiasm to him. You bring in a guy that, frankly, people around Indianapolis know and respect. Well, of course he doesn't have any coaching experience other than going three and seven in his last year as a high school coach. Now, if you can lead men... Uh, I don't know. Would you go three and seven? If you can motivate guys, would you go three and seven as a high school coach? I don't really have the answer to that because in high school, you're kind of given what you have. And the Colts aren't bad. Like, people can think the performances of the Colts have been bad, but from the defensive side of the football, not bad. Offense, horrendous. New play caller, Guy in his 30s, they bypassed a couple veteran guys, and I got to tell you, I'm here for that too. And to all you coaches on the Colts staff that are grumbling, that are mad, shut up. Just shut up. You're lucky to have a job. I mean, think about it. Particularly you offensive coaches. The best free agent acquisition, and we told you this because our friend Rick Venturi, who is really respected as a defensive mind in the NBA or NFL, told me the best acquisition the Colts made in the offseason wasn't Matt Ryan, obviously, wasn't Nick Foles, obviously, wasn't Alec Pierce, obviously. You know who it was? It was Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, and he turned out to be right. So Jeff Saturday is going to get his chance, and Jeff Saturday... God bless him. As an interim coach, it's tough. Everybody's situations are different. My situation, I wasn't the player's guy. I was like the bad cop, but I was the only guy on the staff 
that hadn't been smudged, at least a little, by Calvin Sampson's cheating scandal in 2008. I came after the fact. Different set of circumstances. For Jeff Saturday, this is a perfect opportunity. Colts are horrible. And when I say horrible, their last performance was about as bad as it could possibly get. Now, they're not horrible as a team, but their last performance was god-awful. Horrendous. Awful. I mean, ridiculous. So what does that mean? That means all you can do is go up. So good for Saturday. Takes the job at a perfect time. All right. Speaking of a perfect time, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are getting hot. They're getting hot. They're starting to play football the way we are used to seeing the Baltimore Ravens play football. Early in the year, uh, the Baltimore Ravens blew a lot of fourth quarter leads. Now, you saw them the other day. Solid. Go get a win. Got a win on the road at New Orleans. Not great numbers, at least in the passing game for Lamar Jackson, but in the running game, combined with the passing game, over 200 yards in kind of a weird game. Lamar Jackson is one of my favorites. If I had to pick a guy to start my NFL team, I think I would start with Patrick Mahomes, then Josh Allen, and then Lamar Jackson. I think he's really good, but I think this is even better. Let's show the video here, and in this video, you're going to see Lamar Jackson do something Brandon. What's up? I got so here to see you. What's up, bro? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing, man? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Is that cool? How you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? How you doing? What's up, man? You good? What's up, nice to meet you. What's up, bro? <laughs> he had no clue. He, <laughs> he had no clue. <laughs> How you doing, bro? You good? Yeah. Good, good, man. Pretty cool good, or what? Man. I like the jersey too, dog. <laughs> wipe the tears, man. Wipe the tears. I, I love that stuff. I do. The little boy thought he was going to. He was. His name is Landon Barry. He's a ten-year-old. He's a fan of the Baltimore Ravens from Mississippi, and he thought. He was at the team hotel in New Orleans to meet his dad's friend from work. Now, this little boy, he has hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And he was getting a little eager, and he kept asking, when's your friend coming here? We might miss Lamar downstairs. Then all of a sudden, as you saw, Lamar Jackson walked through the door. I got goosebumps. I get goosebumps at stuff like this. I do. I think this kind of stuff is the absolute best stuff. And this little boy, Landon, his heart condition keeps him from playing sports like football. And after hugging Jackson, you heard him, can I catch passes from you? His, uh, the dad said the whole experience is mind-blowing. I'm speechless. We're really, really blessed. A year ago, Landon told his father that he was no longer a Saints fan. He was the Ravens because Lamar Jackson is a beast. When he saw, the dad saw that Lamar Jackson was playing only 90 minutes away from where they live, they arranged a meeting, and there it is, man. That is one, and that's the stuff.
That's the coolest stuff you're going to see today, I promise you. The coolest guy you're going to see today is not me. But I got to tell you, it's a true story. Dan Pastorini, when he was playing football in the NFL, the Houston Oilers and others, I was a huge fan. I grew up in Chicago. We had Bob Avellini, whatever. But Dan Pastorini joins me now. You were always the coolest guy ever. I'm not even sure in Chicago we could see you play. But because of the rules back then, you know, because you only got one game, you didn't have NFL ticket. But to me and my boys, in Gary, Indiana, Dan Pastorini, you were the coolest dude in the NFL. You were. You are. Well, I didn't know about that, but, you know, we, we sure, sure tried hard anyway. I know a lot of people liked our uniforms. I kind of thought they were a little bit, I don't know, they weren't really intimidating powder blue, white pants, you know, like Chicago Bears, orange and black, or Pittsburgh's yellow and black. <laughs> no, they weren't. I mean, let's be honest, uh, they, no. they weren't. But no. that didn't matter in our world, man. You had the hair. You were slinging it around. You had the white <laughs> socks. I mean, you were punting occasionally. I mean, seriously. Come on. You, you were, you, did you hang out with starlets? We always thought that you were like the, the southern version of Joe, uh, Joe Namath in that you were like Houston Dan. No, I was. Actually, I was when we drafted Giff Nielsen, I was attending church services with Giff all the time. So I didn't have time for the starlets or the carousing in the bars or anything else. I'm biting my tongue off. To I told my that. wife, I, I don't believe that. I, I was at, <laughs> I don't believe that even a little bit, by the way. I mean, I think I just got lied to. I'm not going to, you know, those of you guys that don't know uh, the quarterback that Dan's talking about, he played at BYU. I'm not buying that. Maybe I'm wrong. You were on the field, I believe, uh, a couple weeks ago against the Colts. I was there. I'm, I live in yeah. Indy now. My wife and I went. And I told my wife when they introduced you, you go, Dan Passerini is the coolest guy in the NFL. I'm just telling you. Two weeks ago, I just well, told her, the coolest guy in the NFL. So there you go. I appreciate that. That was really All a right. nice thing that Andy did for us. All right, you went you know, down to the border. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yes. You, you and uh, – you and some ex-teammates, you went down, you spent a day with the U.S. Border Patrol down in the Del Rio sector at Eagle Pass, Texas. It was a humanitarian visit. You're showing support. Walk me through. How did it come about, and what did you see when you were there? Well, Sonia Moshmeyer gave me a call, and she asked me if I'd like. She said she went down a couple weeks before with Brian Erlocker to the border in, in Arizona. And she asked me if I'd like to go. I said, absolutely. And she said, can you get a couple extra guys? I said, sure. So I called Mike Barber and Andy Doris, two friends of mine that I played with. Mike was my tight end. Andy was a, a defensive end. And they they said the same thing. Yeah, let's go. And uh, we flew down on Mike's uh, uh, friend's plane and uh, met uh, Sonia here. And uh, she took us through the ranks and, and meeting everybody. And I'll tell you what, it was uh, a mind opening experience. It's something that's uh, needs to be exposed and needs to be talked about. I mean, these there, there's like 2.7 million people that came over in 22 and 1.7 that came over in 21 illegal immigrant encounters over 1 million gotaways, which are criminals and terrorists that 
they don't they can't find they're they're here in the country and since we've been there i i i guess probably anywhere from 1500 to 3000 illegals come across every day and we saw some of the footage the other day uh which was a the uh, election day i think it was and it was they were just coming over left and right but you know the problem is the the administration has just turned their back on them they have they have border agents down there doing uh, mundane work like booking uh, or processing all the illegals where they should be out protecting the border. And they've got them doing this double duty. These guys are, are these women and men are taking 12, 13, 14 hour days and they, they don't get any support. They have over $13 million spent per month on a facility down there for processing the migrants, okay? They have to log all of their meals, all of their snacks. If they don't, and if they show that they missed a meal, then they subject themselves to class action lawsuits for immoral tra- uh, treatment of our, of our incoming illegal aliens and migrants. So that $13 million per month, that's just in one sector. There are 20 sectors. So do the math. They're, that is, they're, they're taking better care of the migrants than they are people here in, in our homeless streets and our veterans. That's, that's the sad part about it. So I just think that, you know, we needed to see this. Uh, we, need, we, we assured them that we're behind them. We appreciate their work, the sacrifices they make. I mean, they're pulling, they're pulling bodies out of the rivers. They're, they're dealing with death. They're dealing with rapes of children uh it's it's just it's sickening and uh, none of our uh leaders have gone down there with the exception of our most of our texas uh congressmen and senators go down there but as far as the uh the administration in washington dc they don't they just ignore it and you know and you have these people being interviewed as they're coming across and they're all they're saying is it easy and they said yes it's easy thank you joe biden thank you joe biden so he just opened up this this border for these people and you know it's it's an invasion it's not there's one way i'm third generation italian irish okay my grandparents came over here the right way there's a right way to come across the border you don't storm the border and come across and the bad part about it is we have the the democratic control of the border in the border uh, towns so it's it's difficult and you know, there's people that have these wonderful ranches down in South Texas where I go hunting and they're down there and these people are coming across. They're breaking into their barns they're breaking into their houses. They're, you know, they're cutting down their fences. And, you know, here you buy a nice, beautiful ranch to enjoy. And then you have to deal with the illegal migrants coming across. We need to do something about it. How frustrated? People need to hear about it. How, f- how frustrated are the Border Patrol workers, officers? They're they're frustrated. I mean, their hands are tied. Like I said, they're outnumbered fifty to one. Some days they're they're outnumbered a hundred to one. They they parade these people across, and then you've got the drug dealers bringing the fentanyl and everything else around the edges of the of the, of the uh, processing areas. So, it's it's frustrating. I mean, they they have they definitely have some issues emotionally. And you go down there and you meet them and you see the looks on their faces and you just, you wish there was something more we could do, but 
we'll have to deal with it. Hopefully this, uh, this election, we, we take control of the House and the Senate. We can do something about it down here, but this needs to be taken care of. And the, and the waste of the materials that are down there from the border wall that was never built. Uh, I wish we could do something statewide. In fact, I'm talking to uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and, and hopefully we can get some, uh, some results there to uh, at least our own state protect our own border. And uh, our leaders are trying to do that. What was it, what's the biggest difference in the border patrol between when Trump was in power and when Biden currently is in power? Is there a difference? Did Trump did Trump have an effect down there? Absolutely. You know, the wall, you know, they have they have a certain area where they can come across. They just don't come across an open border. And it was, at least it was monitored. I think under his last year, there was something like 750,000, which is still a lot. But at least they they came across, most of them came across the right way. There were, I'm sure there were some gotaways, I don't know what percentage. But since Biden has taken office, you've got 4.2 million that have come across in two years. Do the math on that. Yeah. And it continues every uh, day. What What's a day in the life of a Border Patrol officer, Dan? I mean, is, is, is there confrontation? Is it just hands are so tied? You just, you're just down there for, I don't know, for well, effect? Well, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting there and they, they're processing migrants. They're picking up bodies. They're answering 911 calls. The border's wide open and controlled with drug cartels. They, their hands are tied and they don't have enough manpower to handle it. And uh, what little, you know, what little help they're getting is not enough. Uh, we need we need to have better security, but we need to build a wall. I mean, you want somebody to stay out of your house. You lock your front doors. You, you lock your date, your gates out front. You don't allow them to come in. You just you have to protect the borders. And these people are working their asses off. You know, the sad part about it is. We take pictures of them and, you know, we'd like to post and show people what these people are going through. And you have to blur out their faces because of the possibility of assassination. So it's sad. They, they work, they work their, their hours. I mean, we played a game. Okay. We showed up on Sundays and we played a very violent game. These people play a violent game that they could get killed. Okay. And they do it day in and day out. And, they're they're not getting any help and they don't they don't they don't get paid enough money as far as I'm concerned. Dan, when 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 a border patrol officer tells you that their hands are tied, I can tell that you're 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 hot about it. Um can the state of Texas this is federally controlled, right? I just had somebody ask me, yes. can you ask Dan, can the state of Texas take it upon themselves to build a wall across the borders of Texas? Hopefully we can do that. Governor Abbott and Dan Patrick are, are trying to work some way to protect our agents. So, and we're talking to them. Hopefully they can help us out. What was your, what was it? Your pissed, sadness, both? What was, what was your feel once you were, you know, you, you cleared, you were coming back home. How, how was your feeling about the whole thing? What was your emotional response to it? I was pissed off. Um, you know, I moved, I'm, I'm from California originally, but I've been in, in Texas for 50 years of my adult life. 
And I know the people here, they're good people. And, uh, you know, there's, they're just hardworking people and they're, they're frustrated. They, they see this and they feel like their hands are tied. Like you said, hopefully our state can do something about it. There's a lot of material down there still, still there. You know, we could put some jobs together. I'll go down there and I'll ramrod the thing if he wants, if the governor wants me to, but you know, we need to build that wall. We need to, we need to get the proper induction for these migrants coming across to, to become citizens of our country. They need to do it the right way. And the only way you're going to do that is to get a border wall up there and control the gates of access. That's yeah, let me opinion. go back. Let, let me go back to when Donald Trump was saying during debates and other things that he was going to build a wall. You've mentioned this a couple times. The materials are there. Why wasn't the wall built given the fact that the materials were there? Did the Biden election stop it completely? Is that the reason or what's no. the reason? They stopped it. They stopped all continuation of the border wall. I look at that and I say, uh, Dan, uh, I look at that and I say that's purely political because you didn't want, if you're Biden, you didn't want a guy in Trump making a campaign promise that came true. That's how I would look at it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. How sad is that? Seriously, how, how, how sad is that? And then the other day it comes and people are saying, I don't know whether it's true or not, Dan, but now all of a sudden with the midterms, Biden seems to be stronger and has screwed things up immensely in the most important areas. Not even talking about the economy. I'm talking about crime. Fentanyl is a real issue in Texas, is it not? It's a real issue in this country. We have our kids you know, getting this drug. They're dying left and right. They're they're putting it into candy form so that it it, it affects young kids. Uh, it's sad, you know. It's 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 a terrible and it's like I said, it's an invasion. I mean, we're our country is rotting from within, and if we don't do something about it, and little thing, not little things. This is a big issue, and if we don't do something about this then it's only going to get worse. You know, I, I think that there's a trend right now. There's there's questions. Uh, everybody's talking about the midterms and everything today and yesterday and whatnot, but we'll see what happens. Nothing's going to happen overnight, but we need to make change and we need to do it quickly. We need to do it at least in the next two years, if not sooner. Dan, I feel like you said change doesn't happen quickly. I feel like change happened to the negative very quickly, no? Once Biden got going? That's very true. Change does happen quickly. But change in the proper direction seems to hit roadblocks to get things passed and to get things approved. Whereas, you know, I guess Trump had a little bit more authority and he did it and he got it done quickly. Uh, Biden doesn't have that kind of well he does i mean his party's following his lead and he wants to open the borders and here we are camilla harris she's in charge right she's the person she's the if you did a pipe or you did a chart she would be number one she's never been there right never i've been i've been to more border visits than any of them any any up there in in washington dc with the exception of ted cruz and the people down here in the state of texas
Dan, talk about your charity, Be an Angel, if you don't mind. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm the chairman of the board. I've been blessed to be the chairman of the board for the last four years, and we're doing our fundraising campaign. What we do is we help profoundly deaf children and multiple handicapped families with adaptive care and equipment to help improve their quality of life. And I've been blessed to uh, be their chairman for the last four years. I've been involved with them for 30 some years, uh, way back when we had the alumni tournaments here. I have a golf tournament every year that supports them. They're our beneficiary. I have my Love You Blue teammates and some old guys like Joe Green come in and support this. And and this last year we made our largest donation of $250,000. We've raised over $2.1 million in our 13 years of existence with Dan Pastorini Charity. But being Angel is uh, my main, my main focus right now, and we, we're, we're having a whole funding campaign that we're journeying on right now, and uh, hopefully we'll get some money behind us so we can help more kids, hire more people, and uh, make more people aware of, of uh, our children. How'd you get involved? I was in a golf tournament and uh, got to know the people, got to know the charity, and then I ran the golf tournament for the Players Association one year, and it was a big mistake on their part. I saw where the money wasn't going, so um, I took it over the next year, and so I said it's history. But you know, we've raised about two point one million dollars in thirteen years. They were only getting checks Dan, I for go like back to the border. Sure. Uh, I want to go back to the border for a second because uh, how do you see, or do you see, it possible to get? the word strong enough that this administration actually does something about it. Is there a feeling of hopelessness that you're kind of peeing into the wind here? Try, you know what I mean? Well, let me tell you something, Dan. When I threw football, three things could happen to it, and two of them were bad. So I'm used to going against odds. And I think that we can overcome it. I think we can get the support, the proper support. Um, we just need to be a bigger pain in the ass to them than they are to us. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think our leadership down here in the state of Texas is the best. And I really anticipate good things happening to turn this thing around through them. Well, I hope so. I hope so, Dan. Hey, be an angel. Dot org is where to go. Hey, Dan, it's a thrill to talk to you. And I meant what I said. We all, growing up, we are big-time admirers of you, man. We just thought the way you played, drag racing, the whole deal was just the coolest thing ever, man. We did. Well, I appreciate it, Dan, and thank you very much for helping us get the word out for the Border, border Patrol agents. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my thing, man. I'm going to make this my thing. Dan Pastorini, thank you, sir. Yeah, this... Yeah. A good friend in Albuquerque, and Albuquerque isn't on the border, but he's like, Dan, you don't even understand. This is insane, these open borders. And, you know, I'm going to do my part. I am. He inspired me, Dan Pastorini did, to at least do my part. At least, you know, pay more attention. Be a jackass or be put put pressure. Be a bigger pain. I'm 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 my my word is very minuscule. Don't get me wrong. I understand it, but it's still mine. And uh Man, oh, man, if you're against it, you obviously haven't been there. See, I like people that have been there. I like people that actually do. (laughs) I do. I think doing is better than talking. 
Uh, and all I do is talk, right? But doing is freaking awesome. All right, I got some damn awards coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I got some damn awards. That's right. Don't at me awards. Yeah. When we come back. Hey, football season is in full swing. It's time to cash in on your favorite players with prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Here's the deal. Simply pick two or more players and decide if they score more or less than their projections. The more players you pick, the more you can win up to 10 times your money. All first-time users that deposit and use promo code Dockage will receive a 100% deposit bonus match up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100. Entries on PrizePix can be made in seconds. They offer fast, safe withdrawals. Download it today. Don't forget to use promo code Dockage for a special welcome bonus. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. How about that? You caught me mid-stretch. Yeah, I ain't mad about it. And Don't At Me about it. Look, I'm so tired of the woke agenda. I'm so tired of the crap. I'm so tired. How could any normal human being that is in public office, how can Joe Biden and Kamala Harris not go to the border? When we have fentanyl all across the country, crime raging everywhere, and it's all because they are career politicians that don't want to make the other side look good, and it's disgusting. It's despicable. You are elected to be for the people. You work for us. And in the state of Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, it is overrun on the board. Our very good friend, Paul Krebs, had dinner with him a year or so ago, telling me about, he lives in Albuquerque, it's not a border town, but they have illegal immigrants running through their neighborhood, crime through the roof. Just stop with the stupid and work for us, not for you. But it ain't ever going to happen. I'm convinced it ain't never, ever, ever going to happen in my lifetime, the idea that people made, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the media tells me Joe Biden got stronger after Tuesday's election is unconscionable to me. It's not even human to think that folks in the United States would make that idiot more powerful with his idiotic policies. You have the border chief, Kamala Harris, has never been there. Just think about that for a second. I get it. We're all into abortion and killing babies, and that's the big deal. But that's disgusting as well. I'm not pro or anti-abortion. I just think the glorification, the glamification of killing babies should be at least discussed, and that's what we do. All right, this drive you nuts. Uh, let's go to our friend AOC. Morons. Oh, I'm sorry about this that. The they used to be on there. About. Let me go in and check and see if I can add them. Sorry about that. They used to be there. I guess they fell off, but I'll put them on right now. Pronouns. That's what we worry about in this country. It's what we worry about. We, that's our elected official in New York, maybe the most powerful of the folks in Washington, certainly as powerful as any. It's what we worry about. I got to have he, she, they, them. Are you crapping me? Uh, we're worried about pronouns. That's it. 
We got borders going crazy. We got fentanyl everything. Crime in her own city is through the roof. But we worry about, well, you know, I got to give you a pronoun. And I'm so sorry that I didn't give you a pronoun because, well, you know, enough already. Enough. Enough. I mean, some editor of some site other than other than Outkick, make fun of these people. Well, you know, you're a bigot if you make fun. I ain't a bigot on nothing. Enough already. Let's get down, Congresswoman, to solving the problems that Dan Pastorini just talked about. But nobody wants to hear it. Everybody's got their own little thing. Well, you're a racist. You're a fascist. You don't want our democracy. It's driving me nuts. Enough already with you idiots. Seriously. Enough. Enough. A media guy, first media guy to say you are a racist, fascist, or destroying our democracy wins. That's ridiculous. Enough. Join me. Enough already with these idiotic pronouns. I feel like I'm a tree today. Man, we got crime, we got inflation, we got fentanyl, we got borders. You just heard from a man who's been down there. And this is the crap our Congress people worry about. I'm so sorry, I should have had a a problem. Jesus, enough. Uh, A Michigan attorney, and this is what attorneys do, claims that the Michigan player, Michigan state attorney, claims that the Michigan player The Michigan player who got his brains beat out is responsible for the tunnel beating that he received. Now, look, my good friend, Freddie Viana, is arguably the best defense attorney in the state of Indiana. And he will tell you, yeah, the guy in the tunnel, if he's representing him, is misunderstood. What? He started it. That's a defense that you have to make. That's a defense that you must make. If you are the defense attorney of the Michigan State players, it is a defense that is either going to work based on the video evidence or it ain't going to work based on the video evidence. Attorneys are going to go attorney, right? Attorneys are going to say, well, you know, we have documented evidence. Okay, all right, okay, all right. What? Well, it was his fault. The Michigan player started the brawl. I'm just telling you. David Diamond says a Wolverine player engaged with Spartan athletes with his helmet and a swinging punch. We have learned that the UM player started the altercation. Eyewitnesses have described it as charging with his helmet and throwing a punch. The justice system is designed for partiality. There you go. Smart, smart, more smart by this guy. More smart. Yeah, that's right. Man, that's what you do as a defense attorney. People are up in arms. Well, I've seen the video. No, no, no. Hey, look, John Wayne Gacy, Charles Manson, they're all defense attorneys. I just watched a show on Dahmer. He had a defense attorney. when in doubt, play offense. I talk about my brother all the time. My brother's a smart dude. My brother's a brilliant dude. He's like, hey, Dan, never play defense. Don't play defense. Play offense. I like playing offense. I'm into playing offense. Hey, 
I don't know about you, but I don't know what the hell I would do with this. A shark, all of a sudden, jumps on your boat. And I got to tell you, I haven't um, taken one in my pants in a while. But we're going to show you a video here of a shark, a Mako shark, landing on a boat. Here it is. Look at this. You're, I, I don't know if you can hear the guy, but the guy said, what the hell do we do now? I, I don't know. What the? That's all you're saying. You're like, oh, man, I know what I'm doing now. I'm getting inside, and I'm going down underneath. I don't know whether a Mako shark can eat you. Look at this. I assume every shark that's in the water can eat me. I assume that every shark that's in the water wants to eat me. This is a beautiful mammal fish, whatever the hell you call it. It's beautiful. What a scene. But I got to tell you, I assume that everyone will eat me. Here's the deal. When Lee and I got married, we got married in St. John, and we had our family there, and on a Sunday afternoon, we were just going to go spend like a honeymoon day, right? We went to this cove. We had a picnic. We had some beers. We're just swimming, just enjoying each other. Nobody was there. But there was a little shark. Uh, that, uh, probably that big. And I looked at Lee and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not swimming. She's like, shut up. Let's go. I'm like, no, I ain't swimming. But I did because, you know, I'm a man and I'm on my honeymoon. But could you imagine? I think every shark wants to eat me. Everyone. Like people say, well, you don't know sharks. Uh, You're right. I don't. Well, you need to find out about sharks. No, I don't. Here's what I need to do. I need to assume that every single shark is there to eat me because I am in his water. I also assume that there isn't a freshwater fish in Lake Michigan where I grew up going to, the dunes or going to St. Joe Street. I also assume that there is not a fish in those waters that will eat me. These are my thoughts. I don't know if either is true, either is false. Those are my thoughts. I'm not changing my mind and you can't change my mind. All right, this is what the part two. Look at this one here. Let's show you. Uh, you get a lot of pythons at homes in Budrum. Uh, but as you can see, this is probably one of the last places you'd expect. So there's actually two pythons. Yeah. Looks like a male and a female yeah. snuggled in behind the uh, microwave. So you can see this little door that's ajar. There's like a, uh, a rooftop out there as well. So the snakes might have been basking in the sun and they've come on in for a bit of hanky-panky behind the microwave in the uh, in the kitchen. So we're going to get them out. That's two snakes in a kitchen. I've just uh, interrupted coitus. So, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Like, where my... I don't think we have whatever those snakes are, I don't, cobras, pythons, I guess. We don't have those here, I don't think, uh, in central Indiana. But could you imagine? Man, what's that noise? Hey, Lee, what, what, what's going on? Ah, it's just rattling. The microwave is rattling. And you look, and there it is. Pythons. Like, 
I'm no fool, okay? Like, I'm not, well, I am a fool. I'm not the smartest guy going. But you see that window that that guy's got going right there? If I knew there were pythons and this was ground level, if I knew there were rattlers, if I knew there were anything, anything, hell, if I know there's mosquitoes, I'm never, look at this thing. I'm never leaving the door open. Like, that window never opens. Like, I live on a lake, and I am psychotic about closing the doors. Because on this lake, true story, here in middle America, central Indiana, on this lake, if you listen at night, which we do, you hear the most ridiculous screams. I mean, I have my brother-in-law is a big old iron worker. He slept outside. He's used to sleeping outside. He drives to Wyoming, and he literally sleeps in his car or in his cab of his truck to go hunting. He sleeps in deer nests that, or deer, whatever you call it. Right, he does all these things. He is, you know, Grizzly Adams. He slept on our back porch outside. He came in, he goes, Dan, I never heard the, I, ne- I mean, it sounded like animals raping. It sounded like people dying. It was the worst. He goes, I'm never doing that again. And this is a guy that that's what he does. So even at my little house where I know that my brother-in-law wouldn't sleep outside, doors are closed, windows are closed. And if a python was even within the state of Indiana, everything would be closed. What are we doing? Uh, This is like, well, really? Uh, Sohei Otani, the best player, overall player in baseball, he of the pitching, he of the hitting, he of all of the good stuff, uh, will not be moved from the Los Angeles Angels. Well, my question, why would you? And the answer, of course, is, well, they don't win. Well, they don't win, and you got to get somebody in there. You might as well trade them for prospects. You're never going to win, that kind of thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, he's the best player in baseball. Now, people can talk about Mike Trout, but until Mike Trout can stay healthy, I don't want to hear it. But Otani's best player in baseball. Trout may be the best player in baseball. you got to build around them. And, again, it, look, baseball, like every other sport's trying to make money. Big Asian community in the Los Angeles area, big-time, humongous Asian media draw. The money pouring in over Otani has got to be insane. No, no, no. I'm not letting him go today, tomorrow, the next day. Not unless I have to. So the answer is, why would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't, period. No chance. ANFW. Absolutely no way. No. It ain't happening. Period. Why would you? That's how I live my life. Why would you? Hey, Dad, I'm going to go jump off a cliff. Why would you do that? You want to know some great parenting advice? Say, why would you? Hey, let me ask you a question. Why, why would you do that? Well, you know, uh, you know, Susie is and Jimmy is. Well, okay. Uh, why, why would you? Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Guy says, the fact that I find two pythons mating behind the microwave exciting is weird. Yeah, I don't find it exciting. I find it insane. I find it crazy. Him, her, they, them. All right. Who's our woke adult? The guy that just tweeted that. Who is our woke-a-dope, big boy? Some perspective for those who still don't get it. If I were forced to be affected by either HIV or COVID, I would choose HIV without hesitation. Good for you, Michael Olson. Why is it 
that all these guys have these Ukraine flags. I'm telling you, the first guy to have a Ukraine flag, say racist, fascist, or, man, a real threat to democracy wins in the world of bearded, woke dumbasses. It's what they do. If you are bearded, if you are woke, if you are dumb, you know what, then you race to say things like that. You race. the I stand with Ukraine. Do you? What does that mean? Have you given money to Ukraine? Have you fed poor people in Ukraine? What have you done? I stand with Ukraine. Okay. What does that mean? I'm a literal person. I've come to find out I am literal. When people say, like Jeff Saturday earlier said, hey, I'm not backing down. My question is, what are you backing down from? What, what, what could you back down from? Well, you know, accountability. Well, then why don't you say that? The world is nuts. All right. Last night was one of the greatest nights in my life. And I say that with a guy, as a guy, that has had a great life. I went to Ligonier, Indiana. Ligonier, Indiana is the country's safest town. That's what it says. My friend Brian Shear is the police chief of Ligonier, Indiana. I have a bikes program. It's called Dockage, Dockage Cycles for the City. We run it with the great people at the Indiana Sports Corp, the people who bring you, ladies and gentlemen. They bring you, the here in Indianapolis, the Super Bowl, the World's, uh, not the World Series, Final Fours, the Women's Final Four, NCAA Regionals, the College Football Championship game. They bring the Big Ten champ. They are the group that promotes Indianapolis. And somehow, some way, our little, well, our, our little philanthropic passion made it. Made it on their radar, and they help us. So my buddy Brian Shear in Ligonier, Indiana, had a giveaway yesterday. And here's some video. My wife and I leave, drove a couple hours, two and a half hours, because it's our friend. And he's giving it away through 20 bikes, two kids, through our, our charity. And I love it. Here's just a, uh, just a little of a video that Lee took of me getting ready when the kids are rushing out. And you can see the fire trucks and the police. is awesome. Go ahead. Let's show it. Hey, this is unbelievable. You're going to see the kids coming out. You've been there for five years, and you're gonna see this is the community came out. Officer Shear, our friend, and all the police officers are here. How awesome is this? We can't thank the city of Ligonier enough. Thank you all so much. This is incredible. It is incredible. It, it and I hope, I hope, I hope seeing that this is very simple. All right, start one of these in your own town. Here's how my wife, Lee, and I got this whole deal started. I, I bet we're over 1,000 bikes given away. I don't know. A few years ago, we're, we're driving down the street, downtown Indy, or just off of downtown on the east side, and we saw two kids on bikes, one kid running with them, and you could tell that the kid really wanted to have a bike, the third kid. Started a conversation, Lee and I did, about bikes, and the importance of bikes, the freedom that bikes give you, the emotion that you can, you, you go play with your, you know, with your buddies, you go to the park, 
when you're riding your bike down the driveway and onto the street, man, you are free, free, and more free. So this conversation turned into me asking on my radio show, hey, does anybody know any family or anybody that needs a bike? Teacher called in and said, hey, I got a student, two of them actually, whose family lost their home. They lost everything. So Lee and I went to the store. How old are they? We went to the store. We bought a couple bikes. And then we kept doing it. And we kept doing it. And we kept doing it. To the point where, I don't know, we probably gave away 60, 70 bikes. And then my radio station got involved. I think we gave away 50 one day for the uh, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. It was awesome. Fantastic. Then school started asking us. And then it just kept growing. When COVID hit, it got a little hard. Because when COVID hit, you couldn't get a bike. Literally, Lee would go, hey, Dan, I'm going to stop at the Target on the way home. I said, okay, I'll stop at the Walmart. We got to get two kids' bikes. We couldn't get them. But now that we've come out of COVID, man, it's the greatest. I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about it. It's the greatest feeling ever. So if you want to start something, just start small. Email me, daniel.dockage, D-A-K-I-C-H, at radio one Dot com And I'll help you get started, but it's really simple. It's so simple. We went, got a kid a bike. One time, a family lost everything. Father died. Mother struggling. Daughter, listen to this, got hit by a truck. Teacher reached out. Hey, this family could use help. The two of the kids are a little bit older. They need a bike to get to school. One needed a bike to get to work. So Lee and I just went and bought bikes. We're not made of money. We're not like, I'm not rich. Hell, I'm not even close to rich. I've been through a divorce, damn it. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, if you want to do something, start small. If you want to join our operation, if you want to donate, it's very simple. It's called Dockage, D-A-K-I-C-H, Cycles for the City. You can Google it. And what pops up is basically our site. Or you can go to the indianasportscorp.org. And the bar cross, Inspire Youth, you can push the button. There it is, Dockage Cycles for the City. Yesterday, we gave away 20 bikes. And my friend Brian Shear and the police and the firemen and the EMTs that all came out, they all said, man, the looks on this kid's faces. The thankfulness of the parents, the mom or the dad or both or the grandpa. Look, we don't give bikes to rich kids. We don't give bikes to kids that can afford it. We give bikes to kids that need it. We give bikes to kids that wouldn't have a bike. There's a story right now. My friend Brian Shear just sent it to me from a news station. A guy named Alex Null did it from a news station in Fort Wayne. And in it, the parents are saying this. He was pretty excited. It's his first bike. Awesome. You ever want to feel good? You know, I know we all go buy presents at Christmas and it's awesome. It's fantastic. There's nothing better than making sure that your kids or other kids get presents. But man, oh man, find out in your community, find it out. Find out in your community what kid, if there is one, that needs a bike. What little kid will never be able to afford a bike? And go get that kid a bike. Not for him, but for you. I'm telling you, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. 
Can't thank Dan Pastorini enough. Can't thank Joe Kinsey enough for coming out. Can't thank you all enough. You guys have made this show over the last couple weeks. It has really taken off. Dylan and Ryan and Corey. I got a new set here. You can't see it, but it's absolutely amazing. Outkick is growing and growing and growing. You got Tommy coming on later. You got the Outkick 360 guys. So there's really no reason to leave Outkick all day. You're going to get fearless and you're going to get real. That's what you're going to get. Don't listen to the haters. Well, it's a conspiracy theory network. No, it's not. It's a sports network that isn't afraid to talk about what's real in sports, what's real in politics, and what is real in pop culture, and frankly, what's real in life. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the, my team here, our team. It's not my team. It's our team. Aaron and Dylan and Ryan and Davey and Kaylee and, and Corey. Awesome. All right, we're going to be back at it tomorrow. It's a Friday, so you know we're going to win you some money doing some gambling. Enjoy the NFL tonight. Have a wonderful day. Get a kid a bike. Just go get a kid a bike. Go. Go. Go get a kid a bike. See you tomorrow.